What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Friday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, special guest in studio. We are streaming live. Uh, ESPN Lincoln Facebook, ESPN Lincoln Twitter feed. The pride of Fairbury himself, uh, Bill Dolman, is in. Guys, good to see you. Nice to spend another Friday together. Uh, all three of us were loaded up. We'll uh, check in with. Uh, we always got to give it to the fullback. Yep. And uh, Corey Schlesinger, uh, a great fullback, making uh, well the top two of all-time fullbacks per NFL Network. Corey Schlesinger with us in about twenty minutes, and then a bit of a rewind. Uh, you had an event last night in Ralston for Day by Day, the Husker documentary. Uh, our uh, rewind, our sit down in hour two with Coach Tom Osborne. Numbers to get in 466 3776, 466 3776, 800 825 5865. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt, that's me, at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal and at Bill Dolman, NBC Sports, Pride of Fairbury. Uh, that's not part of the Twitter handle, but just part of the moniker. You can email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Elijah, uh, I know we got a couple hours, and then it's off to the weekend. How are you living today? Oh, I'm just doing great. Uh, spent a lot of time reading yesterday and today, so that always refreshes me just a little bit. Yeah, I know, right? I, I haven't read a book since, like, college. But then I found, like, whenever it's not assigned reading, whenever it's reading for joy, turns out I enjoy it a lot more. So that's been good. Uh, My roommates have been texting me the past half hour trying to figure out dinner plans tonight. I think we're going breakfast for dinner, and that's a great way to start the weekend. So what... what are you going biscuits and gravy and the uh, bacon and eggs? We thought about biscuits and gravy, but we ended up going... uh, Our plan is most likely blueberry pancakes with some, uh, some breakfast casserole. Because okay, the, the, the egg casserole. Yeah, so yeah. we're white. You have to have a casserole in with that dinner. I mean, that's just how it goes. <laughs> and uh, then probably some bacon on the side as well. So that, okay. that's you're doing sausage with the with the egg. Yes, sausage going in there, and then the bacon's going to be its own thing. Yes. Okay. Yes. So looking forward to that. So no hash browns, or is that part of the casserole? That's part of the casserole. That's, oh. that's the bottom layer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you do it. You do it right. Oh, I know how to make a breakfast casserole. Come on mm-hmm. now. Breakfast uh, is my favorite meal today. So, so that's uh, that's today, and then tomorrow. Unsure. UFC fights are on tomorrow afternoon, and then uh, I think I'm going to try to make it up to that Greta Van Fleet concert up in Omaha. Okay. All right. We have uh, baseball at Westside tomorrow night uh, for a, a chance to, to keep playing for state. Bill Dolman, good to see you here, man. Nice to see you. I came in because no, we didn't know if you were going to show up on a Friday, so I figured, Bro. you know what, I might as well <laughs> Getting the come Johnny into the Carson studio. It's a, it's a hell of a lot easier to just drive here nine hours and set up my studio. So I thought, well, Elijah, I'll come in just in case he doesn't show. <laughs> we don't have to worry Listen. too much about technology. Plus, look, I bought some duck boots, and 
they're not wearing all that well, so I brought him back to see if I could re- – I don't know if it was – I'm going to go to either Kep Harding or Ben Simons. It was one of the two, maybe Miller and Payne, and try to re- turn those duck boots I bought in 1985. No, no Dillards. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't, yeah, it wasn't Dillards, no. I'm pretty, it was either Kep Harding's or Ben Simons. So, uh, Do you have I the receipt I, from 85? I thought I would bring them in and see if I could make an exchange because they're just not wearing like they did 30-some years ago. So that's why I'm here. Kep Hardings, man. The guy at Kep introduced me to Air Jordans. He brought him in for grade school show and tell. Uh, and it was, they had a day where it was part of like your health day, right? So you had that talk. Right? <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of sixth graders going, you know, the, the old health, the old health talk, but to, to loosen us up, here's some Air Jordans. You know, you had uh, the athletic shoes. I don't know, man. It worked. How was your day at school today, son? Well, dad, I got a pair of shoes I want and we need to talk about this. <laughs> Well, make me a jack and we'll, uh, we'll sit down. No on the Air Jordans. That's pretty good. Well, of course, Cap Harding's is uh, Nebraska football lore. Yeah, you know, yeah. without black caps, shirts. there's no black shirts. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we'll get. So anyway, in- I'd like to uh, if if I could get to returning those, that would be great sometime today, and then maybe stop by Pontillo's and have a hoagie. <laughs> Then we'll hit Chesterfield's. Okay, uh, drumstick. The uh, the inf- I, I, the thing. The the Is legend- high heel playing at Oscars tonight. I don't know. I can take you to a place that's still around uh, that has high heels. Uh, I'm kidding. Wow. <laughs> it's his, good to be back. He's sipping his coffee. He's like, oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> it's nice to be back. Hold on. Uh, no, we will dive in. Uh, Donovan Raiola talking offensive line. We'll get there. Jeremy Pruitt. It was not just a slap on the wrist. We have a compound fracture of both <laughs> both wrists with uh, Tennessee football. We'll dive in there. Madison.com, of course, uh, the uh, newspaper that covers Wisconsin. They have their power rankings and see where Nebraska comes in. And then, of course, a couple of great interviews, Coach Osborne and uh, Husker fullback legend Corey Schlesinger. So, offensive line, Elijah, Bill, it's a, a talking point. It's a topic. And uh, Donovan Raiola with the network last night, they've done a good job of uh, getting the coaches in each position breakdown, right? And uh, the the gist of, of Mr. Raiola, who is just listening to him, is, is uber intense, which is what you want uh, on the offensive line. Uh, the the long and short is they've bought in from uh, Donovan Raiola. That was the word from him, and he's got a bit of a tough spot, Elijah, with with coming in and you've got an underperforming line. You lost Cam Jurgens. You have an offensive line that loved Greg Austin, and they and, and love Coach Austin, but Raiola going to have a different uh, philosophy, a different feel, and no doubt uh, the technique he's preaching. From the NFL, you being a lineman yourself, uh, we've hit on the uh, the zone blocking versus the let's move them and then pancake them uh, type style of blocking. The the more direct blocking uh, should be good. Uh, a you got to get the buy in, but B to to have a lot of talent in that room. The 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 task is to to find five to seven best guys and then uh, maximize that talent. So you're not a liability. Pass blocking, you're not a liability run blocking. And I've actually gone back and watched some games 
the either the highlights or if I can find the condensed game on YouTube from last season, just go watch the offensive line. I've done that with, uh, let's see, four games from last season. Got back and watched. And the number one thing that stood out How's to me. How's your liver? Yeah, I'm like, wow. It's, that's, uh, that's it's, a... it's fine. It's fine. I'm just checking. My roommate, Darren, uh, he appreciates it whenever he sees me pull it up on the TV on YouTube. He comes just and watches doing some film me. study. Just huh? doing some film study. Now, watching the number one thing that stood out to me was how poorly everyone else on the line, everyone not named Cam Jurgens, finished their blocks. Which, that's something that's preached to you from, I mean, freshman year of high school, I can remember that was being preached to us as, as offense line. Was, you got to go out there and you finish your blocks. Not only is it good enough to push this guy five yards off the line of scrimmage, open up a hole, you make sure he knows that he doesn't want to come back this way anymore whenever he sees you across from him, you know? Uh, you finish that block, you put him into the ground. And I didn't see that enough from the Husker offense line last season where they, yeah, they opened up a hole, but then what are they doing? They're looking over their shoulder, seeing where the running back is, seeing if he's through the hole, seeing if they can disengage from their block. And that's the number one thing that stood out to me, and that's the kind of mentality that, that I hope that Donovan Royal is trying to instill in this offensive line. Not only is that good enough to open up a hole and get yourself four yards, you got to finish that block and make sure that the defensive lineman, that linebacker, whoever you're blocking, knows, man, next time it's a run play, I don't want to be lined up against whatever number, 71, 62, mm-hmm. whatever number it is across him. You, you want that guy to, to have that thought in his head of what happened last time. And, and that's one thing that I think Donovan Royal not only – uh, learned at Wisconsin, but one thing that I think he can instill that will be different from the, the teachings of Greg Austin. Well, and from a, from a style standpoint with the, the zone blocking scheme, look, it works and it works well in the NFL and it works and it works well in college, but you got to have guys that, that can do it. You got to have five guys that can do it. And not everybody was, was on the same page last year ability level and quite honestly the the charge number one for Iola here once you get that buy-in with a beloved position coach moving on is now to assess the room that wasn't easy because your your two cornerstones have been hurt uh in in Turner Corcoran and Teddy Prohaska you can pencil those guys in but what what do you do with the Piper a Ben Hart uh you, you lost uh Nuili. Uh, you're working at center here with with Hickson, likely, and can you see what you got? And can you make those guys better? And it's not just by game four or five can they be better, but you've got an off season here to get them better here for Ireland. You know, I'm just wondering: is it better if they're is it better that they're better physically? Yes, or is it better that they're better mentally? Like you're talking about not finishing plays. That, that, that's a lack and, of nastiness. But yeah, right. And so I'm thinking back as you're talking about this. You know, I'm old school. I get it, and I don't think the label pipeline should ever be attached to any Nebraska offensive line until one proves that it can be like those guys back in the day, which should be on every offensive line highlight reel for anybody to watch ever. Right? Those guys relished in borderline. You know, going over the top. Yeah, right? our coaches uh, called it playing through the whistle. Right. <laughs> you know, and they relished in that. I mean, it was it was almost like it was this. Uh, uh, you not the challenge wasn't that they were going to you know punish the guy across the line. It was how much they were going to and if they were going to pick him up or not. You mm-hmm. know, and you're talking about some pretty mild mannered guys. You know, Rob Zaska and Joel Wilkes and Brendan Stye's a good guy. Aaron Graham's a good guy. They're all nice guys for the most part, but there was something about the way they played, and they just loved beating on guys on the other side and letting them know that they had been beaten upon. And I just don't think when you're talking about watching guys not finishing plays, that's 
that's not at all what it was like. And again, that's old school type stuff, mm-hmm. and guys may not understand that. But that's that. That was a collection of guys who who enjoyed it, and they competed against each other to see who could beat up the guy across the line. Uh, and you know, lines are better now. Defensive lines, everybody's strong, everybody's fast, everybody's athletic. But there was just something about those that mentality. And and Dominic had it. Mm-hmm. Donovan's brother had it. He might have been the last of that that kind of Nebraska offensive line mentality where you played Richie. Yeah, Richie Incognito. He probably took it too far. Mm-hmm. But that line, they knew where it was, and they knew how to how to paint it red. Well, and the thing, too, is knowing when to, to let off, so it's not a 15-yard penalty that Richie would get once in a while, but at least it would set the tone. Uh, but, but, yeah, you've got to... You've got to absolutely shift their mentality. And, Elijah and Bill, you got to find a button to push to, to really get somebody pissed off if they're too mild-mannered. I mean, you got fat kid torment. You can take out and unleash the fury, <laughs> you know, for the 60 minutes during an NFL or college game, right? Whoever picked you last or picked on you because you, uh, you know, you, you wore husky size, guess what? <laughs> now it's time to channel that anger <laughs> in the right way. Uh, but but now, well, look look what Bobby Boucher did to sixty two. I know, you know, Bobby Boucher <laughs> unleashed the the fury on my friend James Bates, uh-huh. who was a linebacker in Florida, got run over by Tommy Frazier. He was sixty two in the Water Boy. Right? I mean, okay, and then is Bates the same guy or the distant nope. relative of, of the guy that Herschel Walker still ran over? Because he had Bill Bates from Tennessee. No, 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 no. no, no. But I, but point is is it's it's wrong to have the last name Bates on a Friday <laughs> we're talking about getting run over Elijah hold your tongue <laughs> but you know Bobby Boucher was able to channel that energy may not have been the best player on the field but when he, he needed to nastiest. get angry he, he, had, he had some nastiness yeah that, that's what the offensive line has lacked is that nastiness yep well I think a guy like like Teddy Prohaska as young as he is I think he can flip that switch that's the the, the word around the campfire anyway is Teddy's a guy that can bring the the attitude. Turner Corcoran uh, missed spring camp with with injuries, has yet to practice, and uh, Raiola hopes that both those guys can can get up to full speed and be ready for training camp. And confidence is also an issue. It's one thing to be nasty and mean and fig and big and physical and talented, but if you're not winning, I think of a guy like Ben Hart, and I think of how who wanted him, and it wasn't just well Nebraska got you know the best offensive lineman out of Minnesota. No, the Gophers have made their money on getting offensive and defensive line recruits. Wisconsin has done the same. Iowa has been great at doing it. And all of those schools in your own division really went after Ben Hart. That was a huge recruiting win. And now he's uh, played a lot of football and he's working on getting better. And I think Raiola is a guy that can help maybe flip that switch to get some nasty. And whenever I look at the offensive line last season, I, I kept Cam Jurgens out of the, the guys who weren't finishing their blocks because he was pretty much that one guy that had that nasty in him last season. He may have been the smallest guy. Uh, he may have been the lightest guy. Um, we, we've heard stories of he was a, a weight room freak, but still, he was the only guy out there that was going downfield finishing blocks. I think of that Oklahoma game. I think he had two personal fouls after the play. And, and they were hose jobs. They were hose jobs, but that, that's what Nebraska, the offensive line needs, is, is those guys who are willing to go put a linebacker into the dirt because, yeah, you are bigger than them and guess what next time that guy's going out trying to get outside to the sideline to to 
make a tackle, he's going to be thinking, where is 51? Mm-hmm. Last time I went up against him, he put me in the dirt. I don't want to be put in the dirt again. Where is he at as opposed to where is the running back at? And that, that's some of what that nastiness does to a defense whenever you see there's five guys in front of you that have that nastiness as opposed to thinking about where is the play going to be? What play am I going to have to make? It's where is the offensive lineman? Let's hear from uh, Coach Riola real quick uh, on the network last night on the prospect of Prohaska and his return. Yeah, you know, that's that's the hope. You know, uh, we hope we, he'll be ready to go. You know, obviously going through that injury, um, you know, each day is, is something new. You know, different movements, different things could could affect it. But he's been great up to this point. You know, he's fully, fully locked in and, and, and getting ready to, you know, play a 12-game season. So that was uh, Coach Riola on Pro Hoska, where he's at. We'll spend more time on the O-line and this, uh, well, the ranking of the Big Ten per madison.com. Our conversation, Corey Schlesinger, up next on Hale Varsity Radio. When you think of Union Omaha, what comes to mind? The high level of play, the inviting atmosphere, the amazing promotions, huh? I spoke to a former player, and when I asked for one thing that made playing for Union Omaha so special, he responded with the people, his teammates, the staff, and the fans. The super passionate, crazy awesome fans, that is. Why am I bringing this up? Because I want to remind you that the people are just as important to the team as the team is to them. There are plenty of matches down the stretch, and we want to see you in the seats. Get your tickets now. Now, before it's too late. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We are getting closer and closer to kickoff, and we needed some fullback perspective. We welcome in Husker Hall of Famer, Corey Schlesinger. Uh, Corey, it's been a while. What's uh, new with you? How have you been? Well, I'm just uh, enjoying the summer right now. Um, so I'm just, uh, you know, having a good time. So it's uh, it's kind of hot out today, though, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's okay. Um, are you up in Michigan, I take it? Yeah, yep, in Michigan. So it's one of those uh, rare Nebraska days, Corey, where the uh, temperature is right at 100, but the heat index is at 105. Does that bring back uh, any memories of summer workouts uh, during your time in Nebraska? Well, I mean, that's the good part is uh, they would have us condition at the hottest part of the day around 5 o'clock to 8 o'clock, and which was Probably it's pretty smart because um, you know you got to be able to work in these type of conditions because sometimes games are played and it's pretty warm out. So uh, getting out there at that time it was it was tough, but uh, we got through it. So uh, it wasn't too bad. Corey Schlesinger's with us at Tail Varsity Radio. Corey, uh, some thoughts. How much do you cover? I should say, keep an eye on Nebraska uh, up in Michigan. You still follow the Big Red? Oh, absolutely. You know, everybody's like, oh, well, you know, my daughters, they both went to Michigan State. I know they did, but uh, <laughs> it was close. And, but, uh, you know, I will never be a Michigan State fan or a Michigan fan. So, <laughs> sorry, guys, but uh, uh, always be a Husker fan. So, um, yes, I try to get uh, as much information in as I possibly can. I know there's, you know, a lot of football up here. So, sometimes I don't get a chance to see some of the games, but uh, it, uh, it's always on my mind. I'm always uh, cheering them on, and hopefully they get more wins in this year. 
that's the question. Uh, a big year five uh, kickoff over in Ireland and, and more of a, a we anticipate anyway a pro style offense with with Mark Whipple coming in and Whipple uh, did some time in the NFL, of course. And I don't know that there's uh, Elijah, you can help me with this. I don't know that there's a fullback on the roster. There's not. There's not. Yeah, you could make a good argument for Jack Yant, but yeah, but yeah, Jack's Jack's a, a big dude carrying the football, but. Uh, not as many fullbacks in the game anymore, but uh, Corey, let's spend a minute on on your position and your time in Lincoln with that running back room and and just uh, your role and uh, and how important it was uh, with that Osborne offense. Well, I mean, a fullback definitely was very important in that offense of uh, of that you know that type of game. Um, you know that he wanted. Between tackle players, you want to be real guys to get on the outside and block the uh, um, some of the safeties or corners that are hanging out there. Um, he wanted, you know, we ran the ball every once in a while, but uh, you know, our main job was to block for the, the tailbacks. Uh, it was a great opportunity. Um, it's kind of funny when I got uh, I went to visit the Lions. The offense coordinator said, "Hey, listen." You're not going to run the ball. You're not going to catch the ball. You're just going to block for number 20. I'm like, hey, I can I can do that. That's <laughs> mostly what I did in college anyway. So it was it was pretty fun. Um, I did it. You know, we were a tough bunch of guys. I tell you what, the fullbacks were a tough group of players that, um, you know, we worked hard. We worked with the running backs. And, and you know, obviously our running backs have always been good at Nebraska. But uh, getting a chance to get the, some of the best in the country, it was uh, a really great privilege. Corey, we had some some comments from Pat Narduzzi earlier this week about how much Mark Whipple likes to throw the ball, and it's I, I guess time will tell what that actually looks like in the Nebraska offense. But as a fullback yourself, are you a run the damn ball kind of guy? I'm I'm, I'm absolutely run the ball kind of guy. But then again, I'm not you know I'm not analyzing the film. I'm not seeing what's really going on out there. Um, I don't know. I prefer running the ball. I think uh, teams do really. Well. I think you know Michigan. They throw the, you know, they did pretty well. They had, they throw a fullback in there every once in a while. They they try to run the ball as much as they can, and um, that's just the style of football that I'm used to at Nebraska. I'm used to our front uh, offensive linemen, our front five, just mauling on guys, and I and our running backs be able to run through guys and also get yards to contact, and that is just what. Uh, I expect out of these players and um, always have what and always will. So I, you know, I'm not there right now to mm-hmm. say this to them, but uh, Hey, that's, that's what I expect out of these guys. Corey, I got to ask you going back to your, your playing days, the offensive line that you had in front of you is arguably the, the greatest era of offensive linemen, maybe in college football history with the pipeline guys. And I know you're not, in the Nebraska room, you know, day in and day out now. But as you watch Nebraska play and watch the line play over the last, oh, God, 20 years. But anyway, but what what are, what are have the offensive lines at Nebraska been missing in over the, the last 20 years compared to what those guys had? Maybe it's an intangible, the mentality. What did those guys have back in the 90s that, that Nebraska football has been missing? Well, it's interesting because I don't know what the guys right now – you know what they're feeling, but our guys had confidence in in what they were going to do. Uh, we have Zach Weger, who's going to, you know, he's a Hall of Famer guy. He is an outstanding player. We had Brendan Stye. We had 
Rob Zadiska, these guys were just monsters, and they were just n- never afraid to go out there and do their business. And they weren't dirty, but they, they meant business, and they, they gave it to the player uh, to the defense. Uh, Joel Wilkes, who he was a walk-on guy from Hastings who came in there, and he, he worked hard in the offseason. He got big enough to play with these guys and, and did an outstanding job. Um, Aaron Graham, our center, uh, outstanding player also. These guys just had attitude that was just outstanding. Also, what makes a huge difference is they practice against some of the best defensive players every every day. So, I mean, that really makes a difference, too. When you're playing against first-round draft pick um, defensive guys and All-Americans, well, you're going to get better. So, for us, I mean, we're playing against the best every day in practice. How could you not get better? So, uh, you know, we just had uh, – and then it's kind of interesting because uh, even the, our backup guys, when I uh, – Phil Ellis, uh, Luther Ellis, my goodness, Phil Ellis. Luther Ellis, when he played at Utah, when the, he's like, oh, finally the second string is in here. But he goes, second string was just as good as the first string. And I'm like, that's, that's just the way we rolled in, that, in the offense. And, um, you know, Coach Osborne and Dan Young and those guys, they just got these guys going and, and just mauled on players. Physical football, Corey Schlesinger embodied that fullback for Nebraska, Hale Varsity Radio. Corey, let's go back to, to your friendship and uh, being a teammate of Barry. Barry uh, is one of the best, if not the best ever. Loved him, uh, watching him growing up, uh, even when Oklahoma State would come to Lincoln. That was the guy that so many Nebraska fans and college football fans loved seeing. And uh, tell me about your experience in that backfield with Barry and, uh, and opening holes for him. I know there was a lot of one back, but there's a, there was a ton of two back where you were leading the way for, for the greatest. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I can remember the first game of being in the huddle, and I had Barry Sanders. I had a guy next to me, Lomas Brown, who plays, I don't like 18 years. He's got a Super Bowl ring. Um, and then on the on the defense and the Steelers, they had Greg Lloyd and Kevin Green and just these monsters over there. But uh, just being in the backfield with him, I'm like, wow, I cannot believe I'm a rookie in the backfield in the huddle with Barry Sanders, watching him play at Oklahoma State. And why did we not pick that guy up? I don't know why we didn't bring him in here, but because uh, we felt like, you know, we don't need a small guy on there. But <laughs> um, And not only was he a great athlete, just talented, but he was a good player in the locker room too he was a very i locked right next to him he was a, a very nice guy he was very well spoken and you know he didn't give hassle to anybody he just uh did his job and and uh had a good time he really didn't was never a loud player i think it was kind of interesting too uh, a few years ago i mean several years ago right now already um the huskers br- uh, brought me in to talk to the players and and I brought in a clip of, of Barry, and every time he scored a touchdown, it wasn't about him. He threw the ball back to the ref and came back and congratulated the offense lineman, even though the linemen were just hanging on for dear life, and he would did as much as anything else. He made eight guys miss to get in the end zone, but he still came back and congratulated the offensive lineman for getting him in the end zone. And uh, I don't know if that inspired these guys, but uh, it seemed like that year it's kind of like, yep, get the ball back to the ref, and go back and congratulate the office of guys that got me into the end zone. And uh, 
I thought that was really one of the best things by him because now there's so much. It's all about me. Look at me. Take my helmet. You know, no, it was not about him. It was about, uh, you know, I'm a sport touchdown's not a big deal because I'm gonna go do it again. Next play. Couple minutes left. Corey Schlesinger with us, Husker Hall of Famer, uh, 12-year NFL vet, uh, and uh, making the uh, list on NFL.com and the NFL Network uh, greatest fullbacks ever. Corey, I want to go back to to that mentality portion, not only on the offensive line you talked about, but also uh, just chemistry. What was it about chemistry on those Nebraska teams that that helped get get you guys over the hump? You were really good. But it went from good to great to, to win that first title. Oh, absolutely. Um, the chemistry there was uh, having confidence in each other. They had, I had confidence my running back was going to follow me and lead me to the hole and, and set me up also to make the, the block that I need to do. I had uh, confidence that my linemen were going to do the right thing. I knew that they knew their, their play. I knew they were going to get that assignment done. Um, and that's what it was. So I just knew I'm aiming for that, that hole right there. I know these guys are going to be able to do it and get through it. Um, there was no, uh, there was no, nobody really pointing fingers at anybody either saying, Hey, you're, you're not doing this or you're not doing that. Um, it was just a, a team saying, Hey, you, you messed that play up. Let's get up and go, let's go do it again. We'll get this. We'll do better next time. And, uh, that's what, uh, got us going that's what kept us going um also we were very well conditioned and that's probably one of the the best things that uh we were we were doing is uh not only did we get conditioned but uh, coach osborne got us conditioned um you know we can all see that in the uh you know that that fourth quarter in the um orange bowl game that uh, we were probably the better conditioned team uh especially on offense uh for that game and uh, just the work ethic we have, it was great. And we made each other accountable. And that uh, definitely will be probably the best offense I've ever played with. Storm Chasers fans, suit up. My spidey senses are tingling. July 22nd is Marvel Night. While the ballplayers are wearing Black Panther jerseys, you too can be repping your favorite Avenger. My all-time favorite is Iron Man. Outside of the fact that he's downright awesome, his wit and sarcastic nature is similar to mine. So essentially, I am Iron Man. Thor will also make an appearance that night. When you say hi to him, make sure to say, Doth mother know you weareth her drapes? He loves that. Come be a superhero and watch the Storm Chasers take on the Iowa Cubs. Get your tickets now. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a hot, pre-teen Swedish boy. Couple minutes left. Corey Schlesinger with us, Husker Hall of Famer, uh, 12-year NFL vet. Corey, along those lines of conditioning, and I want to go back to where we started this uh, this conversation, and those that being the summer workouts. I had the opportunity to go down to the to the field those those week weekday afternoons and, and watch you guys uh, work out. Coaches are not around. I had my little project, but I got to sit in the stands and watch as you guys worked and held each other accountable. And there's like a hundred guys out there in hundred plus degree heat. 
give fans an idea of what those workouts were like and what the accountability <laughs> and, dare I say, fear factor was like if you didn't do what you were supposed to do uh, and Christian and Jason and Aaron and all those guys were there to hold you accountable? Well, that's that's probably the, you know, besides the conditioning, uh, they, I mean, Boyd Epley and his staff, Ryan Bailey, I always give that man credit, Mike Arthur, and then the other, all the other guys that were there, Randy Goble and um, a lot of interns and stuff like that. Um, they did a lot of research in what it takes to get us going. The nice thing about it, it was all individual position uh, workouts because I shouldn't be doing the same thing as DBs are doing because they're running backwards all the time. I'm not running backwards. I'm doing this and this and offensive line. They're doing certain things also. Um, but uh, they did, you know, those straight guys did an awesome job. But uh, accountability I thought happened during one of the two-a-day sessions where uh, a couple of guys were fighting, offense and defense linemen were, were fighting, and uh, it's kind of like, you know, what are you guys fighting about? And basically it was like because one guy was slacking, and it's like, we can't have that. We want to win. I don't care if it's not coming your way. You can't slack on this play. And I'm like, wow, that's, that was very impressive to say, hey, you guys are fighting because somebody's not putting in 100% effort. You know, a lot of guys, you know, hey, you know, full linebacker, you know, don't, hey, full Corey, don't hit me this hard in practice. I'm like, I'm sorry, I got one speed. That's basically full speed. <laughs> and I'm going to hit you. And uh, so every once in a while in the NFL, too, I was kind of like give my fingers and, hey, I'm coming this way, so be ready. So you might hit you, but I'm not going to drive you. And, but, uh, you know, the accountability, and that's what made our team so strong is just, making sure everybody was doing what they're supposed to be doing and nobody was slacking and, and you're in the weight room. Hey, you got to get this, you got to do these things, get these things done. And I'm sure probably all the other schools are saying the same thing, but I think at Nebraska, it was really done correctly. How many face masks career wise did you go through? Oh man, too many. My buddy <laughs> gives me a hard time about that, but uh, I'm like, I don't know. Cause it's interesting because our, equipment manager got so tired of changing these things. He's like, you know what? We're going to start putting a tally on our Detroit Lion website to see how many face masks this guy actually goes through. <laughs> and uh, I went through a lot. So that's, uh, it's, uh, that means I'm doing the right thing. I'm seeing what I'm hitting, and, and I'm hitting the guys too. So that's the main part. I don't know if I'd be able to play in the NFL these days because, I don't know, it's just, you know, all this contact you're not allowed to do now. But <laughs> yeah, that was the best thing for me is uh, – having a large head that uh, was able to uh, hit these linebackers. <laughs> well, I remember Andy Janovich with the Broncos. First play from scrimmage in his first regular season game, he broke the face mask, making the lead block. So, just full nice, match, man. man. Husker <laughs> way. Yeah, you, you, break a, you, you, Absolutely. you break a linebacker and a face mask. Uh, Put your face in it. That's what we said. You stick your face in it, and uh, that's what we had to do. Corey Schlesinger's with us, Husker Hall of Famer, uh, great uh, Detroit Lion, and uh, wrapped up his career uh, one year with the Dolphins. Corey, uh, before we let you go, NFL Network came out with their top five fullbacks of all time. In at five, John Ritchie, uh, Moose Johnson at four, Max Strong, remember him with the Seahawks at three. You come in at number two all time, uh, greatest uh, fullbacks in the NFL. Number one's Lorenzo Neal. But uh, how do you feel about coming in number two? How do you feel about making that list? 
that's pretty awesome. And it's kind of interesting. He said, well, you know, all staff's on here because he was kind of a running back. Larry Sanders, he was kind of a receiver. Mm-hmm. He, these are like the fullbacks that get 10 carries a season. These are the guys that are sticking their necks in it <laughs> and hitting the linebackers. And, you know, Lorenzo Neal, I, I got a pretty good story about that guy. Um, he was playing for Tampa Bay, and uh, he was on kickoff return, and I was on kickoff, and somehow it's just he and I were in the right path, and I'm like, okay, you know, this is going to hurt, but uh, I went at him as hard as I could, and we hit each other. And I think there was a you know indicator on the earthquake meter there, <laughs> Tampa Bay, something. But uh, after that hit, I mean, we kind of just hit each other. We kind of went sideways. We didn't go backwards. I didn't go backwards. He didn't go backwards. We just kind of went boom and uh, kind of went sideways, but my tongue went numb. It was kind of an interesting thing. I've never had that happen before in my life, but my, just my tongue. I'm like, that is the weirdest thing in the world. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, he, was, uh, he was a heck of a player. I tell you what, he would, he would smash these guys. And that's an honor to be on that list to uh, some of the toughest uh, fullbacks uh, in the NFL. All those guys were great guys and great players that I played with and watched. Um, so it's a, it's, a very, it's a great honor to be one of those guys in that list and uh yeah it's uh it was it was fun cory you you, you won uh, state uh, wrestling twice uh your junior and senior year at 189 and he also did demolition derby in high school did that prep you <laughs> yep. did that prep you perfectly for for the fullback position absolutely that's another thing lorenzo neal he was a great wrestler also um I'm not sure about the other guys, but, uh, you know, there's two wrestlers in the top one, two right there. That's, that's good. Um, I think Lorenzo's probably better than I, but I think he was got, I think he was wrestling in college also, but, uh, you know, being a wrestler, I think really helps me out in injury because, you know, you're getting twisted up all the time and getting your ligaments stretched and pulled and stuff like that. And I think that really benefited me and, uh, and plus it helped me with my flexibility. I have really good flexibility. Um, that definitely helps out. Uh, Toughness-wise, also because yeah, you got if you're gonna be pretty tough to to win these matches, um, then demolition derby. Oh my goodness! I mean, there's nothing you can beat other than demolition derby. Um, even though got a little story on that one, but the first time I have, I did it at 15 years old, um, I went out to the my first heat. You can't hear anything. I mean, you cannot not explain how loud it is down there when you got those cars going like that but uh yeah i got disqualified for not hitting but <laughs> uh i pull out uh, the out of the arena and my dad kind of to me and said hey if you're gonna do this you have to go out there and hit i'm like but i did not real. i thought every little hit my car was destroyed but we built those cars very well and uh it, it didn't put a scratch on the things but um uh, so i went out there won the constellation and then actually went to the finals and my father made it my older brother made it i got in there um and I ended up getting first place in my very first demolition derby. So it was uh, it was an absolute blast. I cannot believe they don't make cars like this anymore. But uh, <laughs> there was another no experience other than trying to drive the demolition derby. Dory Schlesinger with us, Susker great, and uh, longtime NFLer, uh, making that top fullback list in the NFL. Corey, best to you and your family. Thanks for giving us a few minutes. It was awesome to talk to you again. Absolutely. Call me back anytime you like. Good to check in with uh, good old number 40, Corey Schlesinger, inside the five. We'll wind down our wanted tale varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Good stuff from Coy Schlesinger, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And it's uh, Bill Dolman in studio. Elijah, what are we playing here? You don't know this song? Yeah, I know it, I but I, I don't... I thought it changed up just a little I bit. I don't know who it's by. It's, it's, oh, it's it's uh, out uh, not outcast. Uh, the Offspring. Offspring. Yeah, yes. the kids aren't all right. Sure. I thought I'd have a little fun in here on a Friday. Good work. Little little Offspring, never hurt nobody. Uh, how about Malachi Coleman? Mm. Moving up his announcement date, uh, the outstanding wide receiver from Lincoln East defensive end. From Lincoln East, the uh, the spot... The one spot that's reserved, right, for a recruit for 2023 uh, on Nebraska's board, in-state prospect Malachi Coleman. So he was going to wait till December. Things got moved up. So if you're a Nebraska fan, right after you beat Purdue, we'll be there for it. Uh, hopefully you'll get the announcement that Malachi Coleman is in. Uh, but he's still, right now you've got a few uh, sites that are putting out the crystal balls that are saying it's, you know, 90-10 Nebraska lean. And Malachi's been doing some some summer workouts and the uh, the video that surfaced, he was working with Keith Williams, Nebraska's old receivers coach who's been back in town. And he's got the, the Husker gloves going. But I think, um, I think Mickey Joseph's done a phenomenal job when you have Georgia and USC and Texas. And, I mean, I'm just throwing a name out there, right, that, that want Malachi Coleman – Good work on Nebraska's part to to really treat him as the priority is. And my read here is I don't think it's a coincidence that this new commitment date is two weeks after the Scott Frost buyout gets lowered. So I'm reading this as it's Nebraska unless the season goes disastrously to start and he sees the writing on the wall as had to go elsewhere. That's my read here. He's mm-hmm. saying, assuming things go as well as the coaching staff hopes it will, and mm-hmm. I hope it will, that he's saying, I am in the boat barring any unforeseen circumstances where there's a coaching change or it looks like there could be a coaching change, in which mm-hmm. case he might have a backup plan. But that's my read. Sees the writing on the wall or the writing on the check? <laughs> <laughs> we can do that now! <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, let's see how it all uh, shapes let's up. see and what name up. is on that building that they're putting uh, next to the Coliseum. Maybe there'll be the Col... Never mind. The who? The Coleman Center. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, so he moved up the date from December to when? For he, from October the early 15th. signing period, which was, uh, I can't remember the date off the top of my head, but the, the December early signing period was his day. Yeah, December 20th or something like that. And, and now he's brought it back up to October 15th. But, that, but October, whatever it is, is just a commitment date. There's no, you don't sign until, mm-hmm. still don't sign until December. No, you wouldn't. And that's why I've been trying to get a read on this, saying why would he do that? And that's that's well, the best. why not now? Because he's waiting to see what the results happen, like through the months of August and September mm-hmm. for Nebraska. That's my read. I want to play for Mickey Joseph. I want to make sure Mickey's here. Yes, that's my read. Oh, hmm. and you know, great player. If if things if things, God forbid, go sideways, I mean you're. Your interim head coach will probably be your associate head easy, coach. Easy, easy. Well, I'm just saying. I, I said, God forbid, things go that way. We all might be swimming home from Ireland. <laughs> oh. I mean, some of us just might say, screw it, I'm staying. Elijah, we're doing a show at 10 to midnight forever. <laughs> if I was going with you and that happened, I'm, I'm getting a job at a brewery. <laughs> Downtown Dublin, dude. You gotta, you, you gotta 
cap more beers than you drink <laughs> over there in Ireland. Hour two coming up, our rewind coming up with Coach Osborne at Tail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Clyde Fairberry, NBC Sports' Bill Dolman in uh, studio. Not just in on a Friday. He was uh, worried that I might get lost on my way to work on a Friday. Elijah, you've been keeping tally. How many Fridays have I missed this summer? 42. He's, you're not on the air yet. Oh. Got you now, but no. uh, forty-two. He said forty-two. I don't think it's that many. No, I, that, I missed that, a that handful. Doesn't check out. I think we're at five. We're about five. We had we had a, we had a hit streak of five. five five in a row. I mean, how many? If you're looking at summer as a whole, you get twelve. Yeah, and I, not, I, I think, I think we start before the official June 21st start date of summer. I think we started before then. So I've worked pretty much every Friday since I left in 2004. <laughs> wow. Or 06. When was it? When did that leave? You 06? left in 06. 06, yeah. Pretty much every Friday since then. You, you've been well, so on since about, about every Friday <laughs> since since oh six. You, you you have not done the entire show. I you know you at gunpoint. You did a few football Saturday, Fridays and Saturdays with us last year, and a couple here and there. But uh, no, I, I had I had baseball. I had to go watch junior play ball. Mm-hmm. Okay, well we'll put it at five this summer. That's that's a respectable. So I'm total. seven out of five, huh? Well, you know. But I still work Saturdays. I haven't missed many Saturdays. Uh, well, I missed that one Saturday. Well, we're not going to go there. <laughs> yeah, I was supposed to be gone, and everybody was gone. <laughs> <laughs> I wake up at nine thirty to panicked voice messages from Jeff Bryden. Hey, Where the alarm's you? going off. Where, Where are, are you? you? Uh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it happens. Uh, great to be ha- with you and, and have you in for Hour 2. Hail Varsity Radio, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Bill Dolman. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio, at Herbal Essence, at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Our rewind coming up. Great sit down with Tom Osborne. Coach uh, talked about day by day. Corey Schlesinger with us earlier. We invite you to check out the podcast, Hail Varsity Radio. Subscribe to us. Uh, tell us what you think, good, bad, or ugly. Spotify, iTunes, or Google Play. And uh, we'll uh, post that Corey Schlesinger interview uh, on ESPN Lincoln's On Demand section, but uh, up on Twitter, ESPN Lincoln Twitter feed, and, of course, uh, Facebook as well. 
So, guys, we, we talked a lot of the offensive line, and, and the topic was getting that nasty back on the offensive line. Quite honestly, a, a nasty pull position for Nebraska when we talk about Madison.com and their college football insider who covers Wisconsin, ranking Nebraska, dare I say, 13th in his power rankings, just in front of Northwestern heading into the 2022 season. Bill Dolman, you have a theory. My take is, so what? It's bulletin board material. It, it's it's prove it 2022 anyway. Clickbait. That's what can I do in the summer that's going to get people reading my article and talking about it? Now, there's a couple, couple of, of shots in there. One is that he has the hometown Badgers fifth, so that'll stir them up just a little mm-hmm. bit, right? And the other is, what do you do if you are any regional or national media entity in the offseason? You put a poll out or you put a list out and you put, put Nebraska somewhere where you know that Nebraska fans who are everywhere, where you're going to get interest. And you just put Nebraska either low on a pole or behind. It, 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 it's clickbait. And Nebraska fans, Nebraska radio, Nebraska people will respond to wherever their Huskers are, especially if they feel slighted. And I'm sure that everybody has read the, what is it, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel mm-hmm. or some paper? Madison.com. Okay, I'm sure. See, and I'm trying to read it now, and of course, Madison.com saying, screw you, subscribe. So, Well, you could reject it too many times. Well, good thing I got it pulled up in front of me. Uh, As for Nebraska, they essentially say the things you'd expect them to say. uh, Here's Nebraska's record under Scott Frost. Yeah, but you put him 13th, and Nebraska fans are going to go, we're not number 13. Click, 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 click. And this is where I'm getting. He finishes it off by saying, Nebraska had a successful offseason in the transfer portal. A bull berth seems like a reasonable expectation this season. He says that for a team that is 13th uh, in his power rankings. Then he goes up to 11 with Indiana and says his last uh, sentence for them. This feels more like a multi-year slump than a one-year aberration for right, Indiana. So why do you put Nebraska 13 behind Indiana? Because Tom Allen had one decent year. He had one was that the year? COVID year? And you it was a COVID off, year. And you finished off by saying he had one decent year, and now it feels like a multi-year slump. As for Nebraska, who a, a bowl berth seems reasonable. They're two slots lower. Right, but, but still you put Nebraska below... Below them, below Illinois. I know what happened in Champaign. Illinois okay. technically has still, a two-game, two-game, two-game winning streak. I can over still Nebraska. see the punter running around, picking up a first down on fourth and forty-eight or whatever it was. So you know, and, and you've got the fumble in the other, no, the safety in the end zone and the punt return and then the fumble six last year. I get all that, but I would not say that Illinois and Indiana and Rutgers is in better shape than the Nebraska football program. That's just well, – and, and Maryland, Maryland and Rutgers are the same thing. Rutgers has fewer Big Ten victories than Nebraska in the last four years. And Nebraska has – Well, to be well, the devil's advocate, Nebraska's had to beat somebody. Good point. Good point. But Rutgers is rated ahead of Nebraska in these, as is Maryland. Maybe he's just, aside from not loving what Northwestern's going to bring back – Maybe he's just looking at head coaches, but that doesn't make sense either because no one's going to rank Fitz 14th ever. And he puts Maryland at ninth, despite the fact that Maryland is yet to have a winning season in conference play. I'll say this about Maryland. Again, devil's advocate puke here on a Friday. Uh, Six and six in a bowl game last year. And and, and baby Tua 
threw for 3,800 yards and led the country in uh, 60-yard pass plays. I mean, he was nuts. I mean, Loxley raided uh, what he could raid from uh, from Old Nick and has done pretty well recruiting-wise there. They mm-hmm. play no defense, and they are forever to be four in whatever in, in conference play. But they... They do score some points, and they, they win enough non-conference games while there still is non-conference games to go bowling in his second year. And they play in front of well over 20,000 fans at home. <laughs> for basketball. As, as does Rutgers. For, for basketball. It's an off-season story, and you, you find a place to put Nebraska so Husker fans will respond and talk about it. Bill, I'll, I'll pose the question to you then. Where do you place Nebraska in your Big Ten power uh, rankings? I, I, I would... I would probably put Nebraska in the, the middle, um, and I'm talking overall program, uh, the foundations, you know, the, the wins aren't there, but the foundation is in place. That's the way I kind of look at it, your fan base, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, it would be hard to put Nebraska at this moment ahead of Wisconsin and Iowa, but Certainly on par with Minnesota, Purdue, ahead of Maryland, Rutgers, Indiana. So Illinois, we're talking that eight, eight or nine spot. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, I got to put him at. I'm not going to put him at 13, but I can't put him anything above 10. I can't put him above Purdue right now. I can't put him above above I'm Minnesota. I'm talking program. I'm talking te- not talking the team on the field. I'm talking the if, if he was ranking the programs, right? Who's of all the teams? And if you're talking, and maybe to be even higher, if you're talking about the foundation. Of fans and wh- who had the the column a couple of weeks ago uh, that hates um, Nebraska? Forty uh, guy from Missouri. Yeah, Pat Forty hates Nebraska. Pat him what thirty third, you know, in the overall Power Five ranking. The one that married Kansas was like third from the bottom. <laughs> you know, Houston was last out of sixty nine. You know, Nebraska has the fan base. It's got the facilities. It's got. The financial resources, it's got stability with the Big Ten Conference. So all those other teams, all those other teams, and all of them have the, and Nebraska has a brand that still is in the top 10, if not top 15 for sure, in college football. So that's why they've not been exiled. That's the program where. Nebraska is ahead of some of these deals. They uh, and, and, emails coming in. Go ahead. Well, do you think that's a reason why they're thirteenth? Is because he looks at the, the the program as a whole in terms of fan support, in terms of money, in terms of recruits, and says they should be higher than this because they're not. I'm going to put them down at thirteenth because they've struggled so much in spite of, of how much historical success and how much support they have. They've they've had better talent on paper that's not translated to the field, and they've kicked butt and taken names getting talented recruits to Lincoln, but they've not kept talented recruits in Lincoln. You're still waiting on the development phase of Nebraska to kick in, and I know it was a tough takeover with Riley, but since Polini's been gone, Nebraska's been, aside from the 2016 season, uh, kind of a punching bag. And then you've tra- you're have you trying to, to flip a, a certain mentality that, that Riley's teams had, not every player, but teams in general, where... Iowa and Wisconsin knew they could punch Nebraska in the face and they'd tap out. At least that's kind of my feel and read on them. That's what you had to mess with when you came in uh, as Frost. But it's been a, it's been a mess. I mean, they've lost games to everybody in their own division. And then the crossovers haven't been much better. They've been closer, but they still haven't gotten the wins. And we're not talking 
within nine of Ohio State or within a field goal of Michigan. That's great. That's where you want to be. You want to be on the other side of it, but at least you're in striking distance. You want to be right there. But there was once upon a time where you didn't lose to Iowa, no matter what. There was once upon a time. Or anybody. Well, or anybody. (laughs) But so you, you would handle Minnesota. Northwestern might scare you a bit, but you'd find a way. That's you trashed them last year, but for the most part, you've uh, you've been a, a problem on the field. Kent emails in Chris at Varsity dot com. Nebraska has no grounds to believe they are better than really anyone in the Big Ten besides Maryland or Rutgers. And when it comes to the rankings, what pays the bills is what Kent is asking. And football pays the bills when it comes to, to Big Ten football. Well, Bill wrote in and said Bill was correct. So there's somebody on the other side of the coin who agrees with me. And when you're talking about the overall program, the brand the brand is the big thing. You know, and the brand encompasses all of that other stuff. Will the wins come? I think everybody, it's got to be better. You can't have some of the unfortunate things that happened last year, whether they were self-induced or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, wayward punts against Michigan State. That, you know, they completely outplayed Michigan State, who was fourth on this. The one that surprises me on this list, Penn State. You know, Penn State. Where they, where they come in? They, come they were third. third. There was Ohio State. Nobody's going to argue with that. Michigan is second. I don't think anybody will argue with that. Penn State was third. They're 11 and 11 the last two years. And, you know, there's always. They're a high, far, far high. cry for, for me from. They were right there. They they beat Ohio State the one year. They went to the Rose Bowl the other year when they came back and beat Wisconsin in the Big Ten title game. Yeah. They're a far cry from what they were three or four years ago. They were close to being a lead, as James Franklin said. They were right there against Ohio State, blew some double-digit leads against Ohio State, and they're they're – they're not back. They're not back no, there. They're, 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 they're just, eight and five, seven and six. They were seven and six last year. They had a lot of Nebraska in them last year. The the way they lost games, they lost a lot of one score games. I mean, they're five hundred over the past two seasons. Right. Overall, they're eleven right. and eleven over the past two seasons. Yet, I mean, coming from a, a Wisconsin publication, they're two spots ahead of Wisconsin. That, that's that's where it surprises me. And Wisconsin is a team that I look at and I go, they're not going to struggle to make a bowl game. Now it is. Seven and five or eight and four is that it's good enough for, for the Wisconsin people? I mean, probably not. But they're not going to struggle to make a bowl game this season. I, that, I, that's just what the program they have built up there in Madison is like. Is they're going to run the ball well, and you can expect every single season they're going to probably have at least eight wins. Now, are they going to get to eleven and one, twelve and zero? Oh? Probably not. But that's still good enough for third or fourth in the Big Ten. If you can expect they're going to compete for a Big Ten West, Big Ten West crown every single season. They they are not far. But you want to talk where was Penn, Penn State's been? Oh, uh, Wisconsin wasn't far removed either. I mean, they were set to take that next step three or four years ago. They were 12-1, and one, you know, in Chris's second or third year after the pig farmer left. Vic uh, emails in, uh, first, Schmidt, Bill has worked more Fridays than you <laughs> this summer, and he has no idea why anyone is shocked that NU would be ranked 14th in the Big Ten. That's where they've performed. The last four years, until we don't suck, we deserve the ranking. Just saying, Vic in Denver, we're about out of out of whiskey, Vic. Next time you come to Lincoln, <laughs> I'm just saying to you, Vic, you brought a present uh, for the spring game. Uh, it'd be good to, to to pour one with you. So no, but, but listen, this is a great list. Thank you, Madison.com. Right, exactly. And more people <laughs> in Lincoln and and Husker fans around the country are talking mm-hmm. more about this than anybody probably in Madison, Wisconsin. Although, 
he, he puts Madison at, or Wisconsin at number five, and that gets people there talking about this list. I am I am surprised about the Penn State thing, and Wisconsin and Iowa, you know, probably should if if you, be a little bit higher because I think they were a little more solid ground than than Penn State. And every year, James Franklin's name comes up for for jobs, and I think that's maybe a little bit well, he part got, of he it. He got a monster extension and raise when he flirted with the USC gig. And uh, we'll continue this conversation. We'll push back our our T.O. Rewind because this quarterback ranking from Athlon, I think, can mesh pretty well with the power rankings by Madison.com. Because, honestly, uh, it's pretty interesting where Casey Thompson comes in on Athlon. Those quarterbacks that are behind him, those that are in front of him, and that's going to be a monster part to me with how things always shake out. Ohio State's great because typically their money on the lines of scrimmage, but they've had really good NFL quarterbacks there behind center. That's why Penn State's fluctuated turnovers with their quarterback. Iowa's supposed to be a nightmare at quarterback, even though they've got a returning starter. There's not a lot of impressive quarterbacks uh, outside of Ohio State and O'Connell at Purdue. Hey, there's a window there if Nebraska, Whipple, and whoever wins the quarterback job at Nebraska can be better than don't screw it up, son. We'll get there and talk quarterbacks. You're welcome to jump in. 466-3776. And I'm right. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you on a Friday, it's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Bill Dolman in studio, the pride of Fairbury. Uh, we were able to uh, corral him. Uh, fr- quite frankly, we are out of trank darts, but he's he stayed in studio. Uh, and, and, and not wandered off. GPS hasn't come up with the uh, directions to Cap Hardings just yet, so I'm uh, still trying to figure out how to get there. <laughs> it's, to it's in uh, change Meridian, my, my duck boots. It's in Meridian Park now. <laughs> okay, so I've never even heard of this place. You've never heard of Cap Hardings ever? No? no. You ought to know Cap. When, when did Cap shift over to the the new name? It's, it's apparently free shot out Friday, by the Miller, way. And, Miller and Payne? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, know, I know Miller and Payne for the cinnamon rolls. I know that one. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no. Kept Harding. Uh, mm. yeah, Kept Harding used to be, was it in East Park or was it in Gateway? I don't remember that. I remember being downtown where I bought my duck boots. And it's oh, not so it was okay. So it was downtown once upon a time. Yeah. I, I always, when I grew up, it was always out by East Park and Gateway. <laughs> it was downtown. <laughs> Once upon you a time, know. there was a bar called the Drumstick in Chesterfields, too. Um, yeah, I've been there. Um, you should know Cap Hardings because it is part of Nebraska lore. That is where Mike Corgan, an assistant football coach under Bob Devaney, 
needed to go get some practice jerseys to differentiate the defense from the offense. I know this story. The right. black shirts. And so they, he goes down to uh, goes down to Kepps and what they got they can't got, you sell? They've got they've got these black mesh jerseys in a might have been in a garbage can. I don't know. And and uh, so Corgan brought them down and gave them to the black. Uh, Gave him to the defense, and the black shirts were born. Now, I know this one just simply for the fact of NCAA football. I think it was 08. On every single loading screen, they had like little fun facts about college football programs, and that was one of the fun facts yeah. about how the black shirt tradition started, but they just said a local sporting goods store or something mm. like that. No? The, the Yes, that made uh, sixth grade health. But I still want to change my duck boots out, health, right? Health day, uh, <laughs> worth, 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 the, uh, worth the embarrassment. Uh, so we scanned the quarterbacks in the Big Ten. We were talking power rankings. Nebraska comes in 13th out of 14 on Madison.com's preseason rankings, just in time for when we go to Indy for media days. Uh, but the quarterback question mark, here's a question about quarterbacks. What teams have typically been able to survive bad to average quarterback play? And uh, two teams that you continue to chase in the West, Iowa and Wisconsin. Russell Wilson's been gone a long time. Ricky Stanzi's been gone from Iowa a long time. But both those teams keep on going. Who do we have? Paul is on the line with us. Paul, thanks for calling in. Welcome into Hale Varsity. Go ahead. I think you may need to do a uh, Google search. I think it was Lawler's, not Kep Harding. Really? Yeah, well, yes. Oh, was it Paul, Lawler's? That's even uh, older school. Yeah. No, okay, no, did no, they, did no, they Paul, send me Paul, my... Paul got it right. It is Lawler's. Is that where I got my uh, duck boots then? Because I need to make a change on that, Paul. Well, I can't say what your shopping habits are. <laughs> All I can give you is an update on Husker history. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah. It is Lawler's. Oh, Lawler's. Yep. Lawler's, Lawler's, and uh, yeah, I couldn't find. They couldn't sell the black shirts to anybody, and they uh, didn't have enough of one color to do the team. So they said, "Fine, take the black shirts and the gold shirts," and that's how the black shirts were number one defense, and the gold or yellow were number two. Yeah, then you had blue and green. I think green for the quarterbacks, blue for the uh, freshmen, and uh, isn't that funny though? Just go down to. Go get us some practice jerseys for those guys, and that's how that was yeah. all born. And now, now they've got the fancy things with the names oh. on them. And the come on, they need back to. in co- when I started college, man, they sold those things at the uh, the Husker Authentic, or what was the uh, the old place right next to the West Stadium, the Big Red Shop. Yeah, yeah. They, they they'd have jerseys, and uh, they they weren't cheap, or nor, nor were they free. <laughs> but uh, well, that's, that's what you good. get when you have NIL nowadays. They're all going to be cheap and free for everybody. Yeah. Paul, thanks for the phone yeah. call, bud. Yeah. Appreciate it. Guys. There he is. So yeah, man. Caps, old, old school places downtown, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. Back to quarterbacks, and uh, when we talk about overcoming quarterback play. Listen, uh, Ohio State had really good quarterback play, but incredible wide receiver play. Uh, you look at Penn State, turnovers were uh, a problem for Clifford. He's still back there in his 400th year. Uh, so Penn State's a question mark. We talked about Tua and what he did, or baby Tua, at Maryland uh, for, uh, for the East. And then Sparty had really pretty good quarterback play with Thorne. And the, the running game with Kenneth Walker, you look at Nebraska, new quarterback. You look at Minnesota's situation with Morgan. He's back for another season uh, with Minnesota needing to reload both lines of scrimmage. And then 
man, Wisconsin, Elijah, and Bill, and Iowa, both more times than not are picked deservedly so in front of Nebraska because they, they've they've won a lot of ball games and they've won a lot of ball games against Nebraska. But uh, uh, the the quarterback situation with Graham Mertz, it's like you're waiting on him to to be decent. I mean, they ran uh, Mertz ran the other guy out of town who went to Notre Dame and, and went to the college football playoff. So th- that's that's where I'm at. Coming in at eight on this Athlon list, though, is Casey Thompson. Say Thompson, say they get it right. Say Thompson's the eighth best quarterback in the Big Ten this year. That does what in your guys' eyes for Nebraska? Eight to me is, I mean, last year he was the number one quarterback in the Big 12 with touchdown passes and touchdown inter- interception ratio was a, was a very solid almost three to one. 22 to 9 my math's garbage but you see my point with all the with all the starts he had 10 out of 12 games 22 touchdown passes just nine picks you get you get eighth best quarterback play in Big 10 football you should be able to beat most of your foes in the west at least be in that top 3 and your crossover this year is going to be Michigan uh it's going to be Rutgers it's going to be um who else? Michigan, Rutgers, but it's not Ohio State. It's not Penn State. So you get that. I think you're looking at seven or eight wins if you're Nebraska. I think Casey Thompson is one of the biggest enigmas of the college football season because he started last year with such great promise. Uh, he didn't the win qu- the job, and then he took over. He's, He's great. He, right. He, he, he starts last year, great promise. Gets to mid-year, and then just kind of fades from the headlines, right? But a great athlete mm-hmm. and great pedigree. And he goes from Texas to Nebraska from one you know big conference. It's, they're just, I just think people are like, we really don't know what we're going to get. But I think most people expect Nebraska to have better, more consistent quarterback play than they had last year. And I also think nobody could, I think people think Nebraska cannot have the kind of bad luck that it had last season with all those one score losses. They just can't happen. So, two things better quarterback play with a guy who has experience at a high level, who's played in some big games in Thompson. And if you just turn around to half of those bizarre losses, you're going to have seven wins. 45 turnovers, three years for our friend down in Manhattan, Elijah. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is your biggest differentiator at what you get out of quarterback this year for Nebraska. Uh, way fewer fumbles and uh, less interceptions. That's key for Nebraska at quarterback. You can't – there's no way. There's no way you can mimic those those turnover numbers and, and hope to go bowling. And I think part of, of this list is the fact that I mean, I'm, not, I'm not even convinced that Casey Thompson's going to be the starter next season. The closer and closer we get to fall camp, the more I hear about you Chubba. You betting Purdy. Chubba? I'm not betting Chubba just yet, but the more the more smoke around Chubba I hear about how much the, the coaching staff likes him and uh, how popular he is with his teammates, the, the more I'm convinced maybe there is a small fire there. But okay. we'll, we'll, see, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. But whenever you just look at this list as a whole, I mean, there's only a couple quarterbacks based on performance last season that I would rate ahead of Casey Thompson. The, the, the factor comes in here. You're not sure if Casey's going to start. You're not sure how well he factors into a, a different-looking offense, a different-looking passing game from uh, what he had under Sarkeesian to what he has now with the Mark Whipple offense. But 
CJ Stroud, yeah, well, I think we know by far and away CJ Stroud's the best quarterback in the Big Ten. Aiden O'Connell's done well at Purdue. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, I think there's just a lot of question marks with all the quarterbacks aside from maybe uh, Talia Tagovailoa. Mm-hmm. It, that kind of comes down to who he has around him. But Cade McNamara from Michigan last season, let's be honest, he didn't win them those football games. That was he the didn't offensive lose line. It for him, he didn't lose it for him, but that was the running back in the offensive line. Uh, look at Peyton Thorne at Michigan State, similar story. Uh, he had Kenneth Walker in one of the best rushing attacks in the Big Ten behind him as well. Uh, Sean Clifford at Penn State. I've never once watched a Sean Clifford game and come away looking super impressed with what he did at the quarterback position. And I, I think you can say the same for Tanner Morgan at Minnesota, all the guys that are ahead of Casey Thompson. So uh, b- beyond those top three, mm-hmm. I think there's a, just a, a wide open Big Ten in terms of who can be the next quarterback beyond that. Right, yeah. let, let me bring this in, though, with one of the topics of the conversation of the week, and that is Pat Narduzzi's comments about Mark Whipple or his former offensive coordinators, mm-hmm. I think what he labeled him as, that he wouldn't run the ball. And I talked about this on this show when Whipple got hired several weeks and months ago, right? They have one of the best quarterbacks in the country last year at Pitt. Kenny Pickett threw 497 pass attempts last year. Their top three running backs, okay, ran the ball for a combined 370 attempts. All right, that's just 100 more passes than those three running backs, and Pickett himself had 97 carries, okay? Now, if you take a look at it, they averaged 39 passes per game. 337 yards per game passing. This is Pittsburgh with 44 touchdowns. And, oh, by the way, Pickett had Jordan Addison to throw the ball to, which, if you have, you would utilize, Mm -hmm. right? They averaged 37 rushes per game. Now, by my math, that's about Mm 50-50. So I don't know what games Pat Narduzzi was watching. <laughs> but was, it would appear to me that Mark Whipple and I'm I, hey I don't I don't know much about Mark Whipple other than what I've read and I've studied I've looked at numbers and trends and want to make sure that it wasn't like this was David Klingler at the University of Houston throwing the ball 87 <laughs> times a game that Jim in, Jenkins in the mid 1980s or 90s right so the numbers bear out that they used the running backs on a fair amount. But you had a great quarterback. Now, I'm not going to say Casey Thompson is Kenny Pickett. So in all likelihood, they're going to dial back maybe the numbers of attempts and utilize that stable of running backs in which Nebraska has about six that all seem to be 1A, B, C, D, E, and F. So based on what Pitt's numbers were last year with a first-round draft pick or whatever pick it was, second, uh they were pretty close to 50-50 with one of the best receivers, now one of the most high-paid receivers in college football. Well, hold on, that whole high-paid thing. He needs some money, some more Hollywood money. Well, it was, yeah, he went to USC. The, the old, well, uh, there was a thing out about he wasn't getting what he was promised. It's a whole nother segment. If you're on hold, stay there. Back with you. More Hale Varsity on the way. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Quarterback play, what type of quarterback plays Nebraska get? If they get eighth best in the Big Ten, it translates to what? We've been beating that up here this segment, uh, Chris Schmidt. Elijah Herbal, Bill Dolman, the pride of Fairbury, is in studio. And uh, that's awesome. You haven't changed the place in 16 years. No, Dolman, I'm in, yeah, this is Bill's position at the uh, at the studio but i gave you your chair <laughs> okay 
<laughs> you still have. I feel like I need a booster seat. Well, it is it is a plush pleather chair <laughs> you're in, but yeah, Dolan. I mean, it's still 38th and Cornhusker. It's still the same old carpet that yeah. is uh, is nuclear proof. Yeah, and there's just a few more leaks up front when it rains here. <laughs> the place is still haunted. I can tell you that. So, oh, I've oh. heard that. Have you ever experienced anything weird around here? No, but but the gal next door said that she's there's like an old janitor's that spirit that lives here. Oh, I'm there's something going on here. I'm not sure what well, it is. You're here late. I have had some weird, not like super weird things happen in Salt Dogs games, but like I swear I hear a door close from outside and there's nobody here. There's nobody in the parking lot. Just you. Yeah, I hear like footsteps and I swear there's maybe there's somebody here. I'm missing it. Maybe they biked here and I don't see their car in the parking lot, but I'm telling you, like nobody in the what parking lot. What type of gummies are you taking? <laughs> Nothing. Hey, this used to be the old uh, the old vet's hospital, didn't it? No, v- uh, VF- VFW. VFW. Yeah, the old VFW. Yeah. So. yeah, not the hospital. If it was a, the yeah, old vet's be, hospital, you'd... But I mean, there, there could still be some weird spirits that, that you know... Attached to no, I, I kid you not. Like the gal that's next door to us on KFRX, um, is into that stuff and swears like, oh, I thought it was so and so's when I walked by because I'm here in the morning, you know, for for KFOR and. <laughs> but she's like, no, there's there's something that. Likes okay. to hang out here, allegedly. It, it, admittedly, I'm like kind of into some of those things with the the ghost stories, and I'm a I'm a Bigfoot believer. Um, so maybe take what I say with a grain of salt. But I'm telling you, I've heard some weird things going on there. I'll here. take it with a shaker of salt. Shaker, bro. shaker. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go gummy route there. Let's uh, talk Jeremy Pruitt <laughs> talking about illegal activity and gummies. Um, some ghosts in his closet. Yeah. Well, <laughs> those skeletons have They're been found. Sixty thousand dollars in impermissible benefits to the Tennessee eighteen. <laughs> Uh, 18 level one recruiting violations, nine grand to uh, two different prospects, moms, 25 cash payments totaling $12,500 to another prospect's mom for for car payments. Uh, And here's the thing, and I'm not going to. It's hard to cheat and get away with it in the SEC. When you've got former co-workers that you've worked for in your league. And if you're beating them for some of the recruits they want, there might be a whistle or two blown. I just think Fair? he's a man ahead of his time. <laughs> well, he was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right now, I'd be like, Jerry. you're only giving him 12? <laughs> You only spent sixty grand on recruits. Come on! So you could argue that SMU is a program ahead of their time. Yeah, as well. absolutely. This is twenty twenty two payroll to me. Yeah, Reggie Bush, an athlete ahead of his time. I guess that's that's a good way of putting it. I like yeah, that. Jeremy Pruitt just missed it by that much. You know, and his wife apparently this was used the, to work for the NCAA. A lot of us would would lose our minds if we had to work with our wife. And those of you that do, God love you. Good for you, but. That's the perfect setup where, all right, mama's working with me here at Tennessee. And she was the, what was she, compliance? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. He's got his perfect sidekick. <laughs> yeah. Well, there needs to be more whiteout used. <laughs> Maybe a little better covert operation. Tennessee whacked Pruitt back in January of 2021. Uh, they had an internal investigation. Uh, there was... Uh, 
Also a lack of institutional control thrown on there because of their lack of cooperation with the NCAA and uh, their question about integrity and handling the misconduct. Tennessee wants to win. They want it to be 1998 so bad again. And uh, every step of this process, they took uh, quick and decisive action. There's long-standing values at uh, Tennessee uh, when it comes to the NCAA. Uh, that was what the chancellor was saying. Clearly, he's down uh, way away from the athletic department at that time. But I forget where Pruitt's at. I thought he was either an analyst or he's on some one of his He, he was staff. with the New York Giants last year as an offensive or defensive analyst and then uh, was let go after the 2021 season. So he's looking for some type of employment and justifiably so he was fired with cause so therefore he was unable to collect on the 12 million dollars that would have been due him for firing and i think with this coming out it's pretty obvious that any claim he would have had to any part of that 12 million dollars is probably going to be completely thrown out the window so yeah a lot of times those guys get whacked and they still get a pretty substantial amount of money to go away granted he probably made a lot of money in those three years that he was torpedoing Mm -hmm. the program um but it's going to be really really well let's face it's going to probably be impossible for him to get another college coaching job you think at the high level at a high level well hold on that this is the scarlet tattoo that you never get rid of with with 18 level one infractions but to your point nil is nil you're not cheating anymore so you don't have to pay it out of your pocket you can find somebody to pay out of their pocket for you right however on the other hand he did have more level one violations than wins during his time at Tennessee. So that kind of, when you combine those two things together, then it makes you go, well, wow. There's some booster having a scotch right now (laughs) saying, well, hell, Jeremy, you gave it your best. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But let's, okay, look. Let me just run down Pruitt's history, where he's been. We all know about Hoover, Alabama, right? The history of that high school uh, and question marks there. Was it Alabama, director of player development for Saban when he got to Bama? left with Jimbo to Florida State in 2013, right after Kevin Steele was there. Was it Georgia, 2014 to 15? Uh, I think Richt, was he still there, or was that Kirby Smart? Uh, I think it was Richt. Okay, and then it was was Georgia. Then went back and was D coordinator and inside linebackers coach uh, at, at Bama. So, I mean... Part of he, five national championship teams. Yes, and then all of a sudden he's part of 18 level one violations at, at Tennessee now that he's a head coach just poof out of the out of the blue you know, a lot of time at Bama though maybe maybe old Jimbo had some points to make earlier this summer <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that <laughs> you know you know it's it, it it's it's like the uh, the steroid era of baseball where some people are just saying just go let those guys play anyway let's let's have a steroid Olympics steroid major league baseball let's just see what happens like Jeremy Pruitt is that of the coaches I'm going to get a head coaching job and I'm going to violate as many rules as I possibly can to see if I can get away with it which he only won what 16 games at Tennessee mm-hmm. in three years but still made a lot of money but that was just like I'm going for it I'm going for it to see I got my wife you know misreading the NCAA compliance manual. Let's just see what we can do. I mean, Hugh Freeze has a job still. He does, but he's also been blocked repeatedly uh, from any attempts at SEC schools trying to hire him. Real quick, I don't understand how the NCAA can act this quickly on Tennessee 
when in the same time period, Kansas basketball has been under investigation since receiving its letter in 2019. Same time frame, Tennessee gets in trouble today. Kansas is the national champion in basketball. We'll wind down a Friday next. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity. I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Weekend edition tomorrow, 7 to 9 a.m. Mark Cranach back from assignment. Elijah Herbal back from assignment. So we'll be... Suspension. Yeah, sus- <laughs> we'll be ready to go tomorrow morning, 7 to 9 a.m. Bill Dolman is in. Good to have him in studio. Elijah Herbal uh, grooming that mustache. It is almost... <laughs> uh, it's right there towards Burt Reynolds territory. It, it might be about time for it to go. Is No, really? I'm Somebody's used to it Somebody's going to be a pilot for Halloween. <laughs> well, the thing I was is, thinking a windowless van driver. Oh, or is, I was this thinking is, something else, too. Yes. This is my look for umpiring baseball. I've said it before on this show. Is it an authoritative decision? Mm-hmm. And it reached the point, like, halfway through the season, I was like, oh, man, you're, like, channeling Top Gun with that mustache. And I go, no, this is my second consecutive year doing the mustache for baseball season. I had it before Top Gun. Get it right. But... Baseball season's wrapping up now. Your and tribute it's done. to Goose. And like now that baseball season's done, is it disingenuous for me to shave Freddie the mustache? Elijah's going to roll in. He's going to just be wearing a white wife beater and a studded belt and, and faded jeans for Halloween. Uh, you could do that. That'd work. Don't uh, stop me now, baby. No. <laughs> He's going to be singing bicycle at the top of his lungs. That'd be all right. No, I mean, you're not quite to Tom Selleck land, but you are there for for Burt Reynolds. Well, I've, I've now had it for seven months and t- or six months and 22 days. So at this point, I'm, I'm over half a year. I might as well just keep it for the rest of the year. Like maybe it's just, do it. maybe 2022 is just the year of the mustache for me. You get back well. to your offensive line <laughs> weight, we'll call you Ron Jeremy. Oh. oh. I, don't I, say, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, if you get back to your offensive line weight, I mean. Yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, but he's been canceled. No, I know he has, yeah, but so. I'm just saying the, the stash. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bill. <laughs> uh, weekend plans. I know you're uh, gassing up and heading west. Going west, yep. Yep. Tried to twist your arm into stand for golf this weekend. Oh, it's hot. Oh, my goodness. you got to turn the heat down out here. It's going to be 87 and decent Sunday. I tell you what, though, every, Chris was right. Every single time I go back out to Denver, I appreciate the traffic in Lincoln a lot more. Because Denver like traffic's hell. Lincoln traffic isn't even good. Like Lincoln traffic for city size is worse than it should be. I go up to Omaha and I go, wow, they, they understand traffic flow around here. If I'm driving on 84th Street, like you hit one red light, you hit every single one. But in Omaha, you don't have that problem. But then I go to Denver and I go, it's 1 p.m. Why do we have bumper to bumper traffic on I-35? Makes no sense. Just look at the California license plates. <laughs> I give you a pretty good idea why. 
Yeah, no, but I, I, I like Denver. You're leaving. <laughs> it, it would just, I would, I wouldn't want to live there, personally. So, respect to you, Bill. Back out to Denver. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd stick around here just for the traffic flow. So. It is all good. Uh, we will have a pretty good rewind. You have Brett Sianka, pick six previews tomorrow morning. Has Nebraska pegs second in the West. Good sit down with him yesterday. We will uh, run down uh, Brandon Vogel. He is back from vacation. He was out in Boston this week, and Vogues was, I'm sure, checking out a pub or two. As, uh, we are all getting uh, in uh, media day shape for next week. And and shape for Ireland. And shape for Ireland. <laughs> you are threatening to, to ruin my life with this different Guinness taste over there versus here. It's different. It, no, it, it's it's life-changing In a great way. <laughs> it's life-changing over there. Yeah. Hey, thanks for spending time. Thanks for tuning in to Hale Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Bill Dolman, Elijah Big Roll, Chris Schmidt back at you tomorrow at 7 with Hale Varsity. A Huda Media Production.